Welcome to the Pursuing Perspective podcast in connection with The Warrior Project and sponsored in part by the Medjukos Health Institute. This podcast brings together people who actively pursue healing and growth on their journey and want to help others do the same. It is not just another bank of ideas from experts in their field, but is also a place that includes paths for practical application to shift both beliefs and behaviors for the purpose of progression. It's about knowing where you're at and how to get to where you want to be. Hello friends, I am your host Chantel Thaxton-Blake. Thank you for being here. You can find notes and references for this podcast at pursuingperspective.org podcast. This podcast is released weekly, every Monday. This is episode one, Where to Begin. When I was in junior high, I had a math teacher who taught us far more than just math. Now, she was a brilliant math teacher, but she brought in other ideas and concepts and resources to help us to help educate us just overall as human beings and to help us grow in that way. One of the things that she brought in was meditation. Now meditation for for most of us can be a foreign concept, especially for teenagers. Um, but for me, it was somewhat familiar because of my mother. My mother used meditation on her healing journey, and so I talked to the teacher about my mom and her use of meditation, and she actually encouraged me to invite my mother to come speak to the class. And I did ask my mom, my mom to come talk, and she she did with a focus more on stress management skills and how meditation fit into that. As I was um, going through her work, I found her full script that she used that she shared that day with the class. And she began with this line, the reason that I am here is because I believe that I have something really worth sharing. I echo her words, I am here and I wanted to start this podcast because I believe that I have something really worth sharing. Now the journey of healing and growth is a very personal one and unique to each of us, but I believe that along our journey we can learn truths and gain tools that can help others on their journey if we are willing to share them. My mother believed this as well, which she shared in the introduction to some of her work. She titled this, Above the Storm. When all your efforts and those of others cannot calm the storm in your life, there is a place above the storm for you. It has taken me years to discover that place for myself. I'm hopeful that I can shorten that process for you by sharing my observations and discoveries. Now the storm my mother had to find a place above was the painful illness chronic pancreatitis. Because her storm would not subside, she learned ways to rise above it, even if only for short periods of time. She actively pursued healing and growth on her journey, And this is what facilitated her achieving this place above the storm. This is how we too find this place, by actively pursuing healing and growth along our journey. As she said, it took her a long time to discover that place, and she hoped that by sharing her observations and discoveries, she might shorten that time for others and help them along their way. This is my deepest desire as well that the insights and tools I share in this podcast that I've learned on my own healing journey, through my experiences, through my mother's work, and through the insights and tools I've gained from others may in some way help you on your journey. 
to begin this journey of healing, we need to discuss what healing means. Now, there's not really even a clear, detailed definition out there that is widely recognized. It is more general and, of course, because of the nature of it, somewhat subjective. There was a group of physicians that wanted to more clearly define the meaning and aspects of healing, so they conducted a qualitative research study in connection with the, with the National Institutes of Health that was published in 2005 in the Annals of Family Medicine titled The Meaning of Healing, Transcending Suffering. The researchers were driven by the fact that although medicine is traditionally considered a healing profession, it has neither an operational definition of healing nor an explanation of its mechanisms beyond the physiological process related to curing. The objective was to provide a working definition of healing that helped to operationalize its mechanisms to thereby identify repeatable actions to assist physicians to promote holistic healing. Now, the details of the mechanisms or parts and processes in healing they discovered I will not share here, but a quick summary is valuable as it provides a framework for what we will be covering. Their summary of results states, healing was associated with themes of wholeness, narrative, and spirituality. Healing is an intensely personal, subjective experience involving a reconciliation of the meaning an individual ascribes to distressing events with his or her perception of wholeness as a person. These themes are powerful. Wholeness, narrative, and spirituality. I want to spend just a couple of minutes on each of these as they set the stage for our focus of the podcast for the next few months. First, wholeness. This is the word that was used most consistently by participants in the study to describe healing. Many talked about healing as making whole or becoming whole again. Now the term again implies that we are whole to begin with. Some ascribe to the, to the belief that we start out whole, others do not. This is not a discussion we will get into today, but I do believe that we are capable of wholeness and that it is something even at our essence of, uh, that is who we are, the essence of who we are is whole. That this life journey may be in fact connecting to that wholeness, or perhaps as others said, finding it. So what is wholeness? How would you describe it? If wholeness is related or even synonymous with the term perfection, that can be, you know, that can prove to be problematic depending on our beliefs surrounding perfection. Perfection acquired the idea of flawlessness during the Industrial Revolution as a way to describe materials that were without imperfections. It was never the most correct interpretation, as perfection more accurately means wholeness. Wholeness means complete, which allows for all parts of us, even imperfections. In research, wholeness has been identified as being in relationship to yourself, to our body, and to others. So our ability to be whole with others and with society first starts with the relationship of wholeness within ourselves. They found that this involved the physical, emotional, intellectual, social, social and spiritual aspects of the human experience. This is something I learned first from my mother. Yes, her illness was on a physical level, but she learned that in order to heal at the physical level, she also had to heal at the emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. Some refer to these areas as aspects of the self, 
or four bodies, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual or energetic. For wholeness to really occur, there must be healing and harmony through all four areas. This is why in the research, spirituality was such a critical theme identified in the results. It was further emphasized that a harmony between mind, body, and spirit, with spirit being the ineffable quality that we have that propels us forward, occurs when what you know, what you say, and what you feel are in balance. Balance is critical, but it is important to remember that even though balance is typically seen as the place of safety and equilibrium in a universe of ongoing change, it is not in fact static. The heart of balance, the key, is knowing and being the change around us. Being open to change rather than resisting it is critical for our healing journey. In nursing literature that also reflected an increasing concern with healing and the aspects involved, defined healing as the process of bringing together aspects of oneself, body, mind, spirit, at deeper levels of inner knowing, leading toward integration and balance with each aspect having equal importance and value. This is why the focus of what we will be covering on this healing journey will address all of these aspects of oneself and how to achieve balance among them. My mother talked about balance in great detail in her work and is something we will dive into deeper in later episodes. The final theme associated with healing was narrative. Narrative relates to how we process our experiences and the stories we create from them. This is a powerful piece to our healing and one we will explore in more detail along the way. In my own experience with healing and watching the experiences of those close to me, I, ha I have identified four steps involved in the process. They are recovery, introspection, strengthen, and enlighten. These four steps are what developed into the theme we are focusing on in the initial episodes of the podcast as we build to the next event for the Warrior Project. The theme is RISE. So I use that as the acronym for those four areas, recovery, introspection, strengthen, and enlighten. Now the Warrior Project is something you can find more information about on my website, pursuingperspective.org, along with events in connection to that project. The purpose for the events and the projects um, um, are to be able to explore these areas into more detail, to be able to take more time and provide the opportunity to dive deeper and explore these subtopics, because there are many subtopics within these four main steps of recovery, introspection, strengthen, and enlighten. So in recovery, for example, we're going to start with talking about how recovery um, happens within the body. Talk about it on the physical level. We're going to focus on that body or that aspect first because that's really where we can understand things because of the physical experience allowing us to go through all of our senses in a way that makes connections in our brain to help us understand concepts that might be more difficult otherwise. And really it is amazing that the way that the body recovers and the parts that are involved in healing the physical body really run parallel to how we heal our emotional, mental, and spiritual body. And one of the coolest things about this connection 
is that our body is evidence that we are wired to heal, that we know how to do that. For example, you know, we cut ourselves and as long as we keep from, if we can stop from getting it re-injured and keep it from getting an infection, if we do those two main things, then our body will heal. It knows how to do that. And that is such a powerful evidence that we do have within us this innate ability to heal. The next step that we'll focus on in recovery is grief. So often grief is part of that experience um, when we have an injury or loss or trauma and we have to grieve that. And we don't even recognize sometimes that that is happening if it's not an apparent loss that we usually associate with grief. And so we don't process grief accordingly and it can hinder our journey. And that is why it is so important that we recognize grief as part of the recovery process and address it appropriately. And then we'll move into reframing. That is where we get into talking about the narrative, the way that we perceive those difficult experiences and how we create that story of what happened to us or for us and how we work through that recovery and reframe that. Because that the story that we create around the experiences in our life does determine our ability to move forward and progress and heal. And so that's going to be an important focus that we'll initially talk about um, early on in the podcast and revisit at a later point. Introspection is where I'm going to get even more in detail to my mother's work. She was one who, you know, that, that introspection is what really allowed her to dive deep into those other aspects of ourself and achieve more of that wholeness. Um, you know, my mother actually passed away with chronic pancreatitis still in her physical body, but she had achieved a level of healing and wholeness that is undeniable. And that was in large part to this work that she did um, on her recovery journey with that deep introspection and that she took the time to move to that next step of strengthen that she did the self-work, the self-care, and had to learn to come to that space with self-compassion rather than judgment. And that final step, enlighten, is, is kind of the end goal, where we get to. I talk a lot about the hero's journey and have used it in previous events and will continue to do so because we know that that's an archetype to really what we see in movies because it is such a reflection of our life experience. You know, we get these challenges that come in front of us. We get this call that comes to go on this journey. And a lot of times we don't want to go on it um, because of fear and other things that are in front of us. But when we get those mentors and people that can encourage us, we get the strength to step into that journey. And we have battles within that journey that will test us and challenge us. But as we move through those, we come out the other side stronger, more aware, with expanded perspective perspective that allows us to show up to our journey differently and changed. And it changes our relationship to ourself and others and connects us more to our wholeness. And that's the goal, um, is to continue to be able to use this journey as an opportunity for growth and, and for continued progression and expansion of our perspective here. So this destination, you know, where we want to go, what does this look like for us? 
And th three steps that, if, that I want you to take away with today, uh, to walk away with, are these three steps to help, help us kind of begin or move on this journey of healing, is that we have to first begin with the end in mind. Where do we want to go? What does that look like for us? What does that place look like? When we've come through those challenges, what does that look like? Can you visualize it? What does it feel like? How do you feel? Um, what does healing look like? How do you feel in that process? But then on the other side of it, you know, um, are you more balanced? Are you more connected? We really need to visualize that. That is step one. And we know through research the power of visualization that we can even create a physical response without doing an actual physical action. They showed that even just visualizing, exercising a muscle, um, contract what the muscle, what muscles would contract and what that would look like and feel like actually created evidence or yielded results in the muscle without even actually doing the physical movement. And that goes back to that mental piece and that emotional piece and tying in all of those. It's just so powerful when we connect those. Of course, there was even more gains when we brought in that physical piece, but they had even more results by the visualization and doing the actual physical motion than those that just did the physical motion of lifting those weights. And so visualization, again, is such a critical piece. So that is step one for us, is I want you to visualize what this looks like for you. What is the end goal? What does that more connected to our wholeness and healing look like? Step two is to take an honest inventory of where we are at now. You think about any journey that we take, you know, we map out, we want to go here. Well, to get to point B, to get there, we have to know where we're starting. Where's point A? And so often we're not very honest about where we're at because we're afraid to admit that we're not quote unquote perfect now, which is one of the most damaging things that we can do for our overall journey of progression. And this reminds me of a quote um, by Marie Forleo that I love, where she says, strength isn't pretending to be something you're not. It's having the courage to live from the truth of who you are. I love that. And I would like to expand upon that and, and include that strength isn't just pretending to be something you're not, but also it's, it's not denying where you're at either. That it's having the courage to live from the truth of who we are and being honest and being in that truth about where we're at. Now, oftentimes we don't acknowledge where we're at because we have, we go into guilt and shame about that. Now, guilt can be a positive emotion. Guilt is this trigger point that allows us to say, hey, whoa, maybe I've misstepped here on my journey. I'm not really aligned with where I'm going, where I really want to go. This isn't going to get me to where that point B is or that destination that I visualized. It's just a triggery um, emotion to say, hey, check here. This isn't in line with where you want to be, who you really are, and, and, and where you want to go. Guilt becomes dangerous when we just swim in that, where we stay in guilt and then move that into shame. Not that just, oh, I've, I've made maybe a poor choice here, but um, or a bad choice that we say, I am bad. And, and that shame, when we get stuck in that, that is the one thing that will stop our journey 
cold um, if we go into and stay there. So to be able to take those first steps within that and be able to really embrace and accept where we're at, we have to show up with such grace and self-compassion. And, and that allows us to fully accept where we're at, which then is the catalyst to allow us to change and move forward. My mother talked a lot about accepting reality or where we're at, and she wrote a poem that explains this beautifully entitled, Reality. Thinking how it could or would or should have been is a futile waste of precious time. What it's likely to do is create in you a largely negative state of mind. Objectively analyze, look at your life. It's quite possibly perfect for you. Those falling in love with their reality, no contentment enjoyed by so few. Accepting yourself and your life as it is gives you something on which you can build. You must dig your well deep by caring for self before others can drink and be filled. She had such a gift and ability to explain in a few words something that would take most of us pages to describe. She had this depth and ability to say it in a concise way that held profound and insightful meaning. One of those lines that she said, I will be honest at first, I don't know, it didn't resonate, didn't work for me because I was in a really difficult place. And I remember thinking that line, you know, objectively analyze, look at your life, it's quite possibly perfect for you. I remember thinking, um, no, <laughs> there's no way this is perfect for me. And um, really when I was able to move through and get on the other side of that, and I was able to kind of all of a sudden experience that strength that I had gained, the shift in my perspective and the insights that were now mine, that I was able to realize that it quite possibly was perfect for me, that life was happening for me and not to me, and that although that maybe this moment in reality is not exactly what I want it to be, that I'm here for a reason and I can use that as an opportunity and as a springboard to take me to where I want to go. So this, this acceptance of that, again, it's not about just saying, okay, if I accept it, then that means I'm okay with how things are at right now. That's not what that means. But we can't change or move forward if we don't accept what is right now. Denying that's crazy. What is is what is. And accepting that and saying, okay, here's where I'm at in complete transparency does take strength, but there is great power in that acceptance and allows us to move forward and to move to that next and third step to take action, to start moving forward and to do so with confidence. Even if this is a journey that we haven't been on before, that was a warrior trait I've discussed um, on both uh, social media on Facebook and Instagram, when I went through those warrior traits, that confidence, usually we, uh, we connect it to, it's, we're only confident in something that we've done, so we know that we can do it. But when we step into that strength of, of our warrior self, of, that, of, of those traits that are the highest parts of us, that confidence comes in knowing 
that we are enough right now, that we are capable to handle whatever comes in front of us. And that allows us the ability to step forward and move towards that destination of where we want to go. A lot of times that involves at that point beginning anew. Now not starting over, because that would deny where we're at at this point. It's just taking a breath and maybe even shifting focus. My mother wrote about this and she entitled this to begin anew. And I want to share this and um, because she has such insightful, perfect points that cover what is involved in this process. So to begin anew. It is such a wonderful thing to truly begin anew. Oh, you say in a casual way, that's something I often do. Possibly not would be my reply. Please listen to what I've learned, for it's brought a special kind of peace, a feeling for which I've yearned. The road before us looks rough and long. In dark times it's unsure and dim. And our load grows heavy because what we carry is the garbage from where we've been. Deeply desire to let all of that go, decide to leave it behind. Included here is forgiving yourself. This will free your spirit and mind. Fault finding with self is too often done, putting roadblocks on every turn. Progress becomes then so terribly slow, a lesson to thoroughly learn. That having been done, you now focus in on how you want it to be. Ideals are important, but it's best to remember to touch base with reality. This picture in mind, you look till you find a map bearing its location. Then you not only try, but you know by and by that you'll reach that destination. Believing in you, you then trade the thought, this road just can't be right. For the one I know, and I'm sure before long, a sign will appear in sight. As you travel, the road grows smoother and straight. It becomes quite clearly defined. But if after a while it gets bumpy and vague, don't leave what you've learned behind. Don't make a new start or begin again, for there's something better to do. You can make your road straight and lighten your load. You know how to begin anew. She really was able to describe in that all of those things we've been talking about today. That we have to visualize where we want to go and to have those ideals, but to check in with reality of where we're at. And as we move forward, to not carry that garbage with us. That's one of the main takeaways of, of what she wrote here, is the power in letting go. When we try to move forward in our journey and we don't let go what's happened behind us, the, now, yes, the, it's so critical to identify and honor and thank what has brought us to this point. It has made us who we are. It has provided the opportunity for us to become who we are at this point. But the baggage, the dark stuff, the garbage, the negative things that haven't served us, to take that forward will not serve us in the future. That we have to be able to let that go. And letting it go doesn't mean that we're ignoring or forgetting what happened. Um, that is what's connected to that next point that she talks about forgiveness. But it is about not letting us, not letting that weigh us down on our journey and affect our, 
our um, growth and progression on that. And that letting go is a choice. It is something that we can do. And she said, deeply desire it. It starts with that desire and that intent to let it go. Um, you know, I, I recognized that early on in the work in, in connection with the Warrior Project. Um, I used the term that we were not created to be victims. We were created to be victorious. And to be victorious in our life, we have to let go of the idea of being a victim, that we have to let go of whatever might keep us there, a need to tell that story um, because it serves us in some way or we believe that it does, but it really doesn't serve our highest good. To move forward, to begin anew, to begin anew we have to let go of those beliefs and behaviors that have kept us from reaching our full potential and have held us back and to let go of that victim energy that may be part of what's making our forward movement difficult. And part of that, as she um, says, is, is forgiveness. And she said, you know, that step one is forgiveness of self. That is so critical as we're able to accept our reality of where we're at. We have to show up with that self-compassion and that involves forgiveness. Forgiveness is the awareness that we did the best we could at that time with what we knew and our level of healing in that moment to allow us that grace um, that when we know better we do better but at that moment we did the best we could and that if that is true for ourselves then it is true for others that we can allow others that same grace that their behaviors are a reflection of their beliefs and their level of healing at that time. And that what that shows, their behaviors, ones that we might consider ones that harmed us and hurt us, were also a result of their level of healing and awareness at that time and that they too need healing. And that helps us let that go just a little bit more so that we can move forward. The third and the greatest takeaway from this poem that she wrote is this line um, about believing in you, that we trade that thought, you know, this just can't be right, to I know, and I'm sure before long, a sign will appear in sight, that we know that we have within us that ability to get to our destination. Just like I talked about earlier about that our body has this ability to heal, so does every aspect of ourself. We know how to get to wholeness because it is in our inner knowing. We know that. And as we connect to those parts of us and heal those, that will come more to our awareness. We will connect to that. And I want to go back to that definition in that nursing literature that talks specifically about that, that the process, that healing is the process of bringing together aspects of oneself, body, mind, spirit, at deeper levels of inner knowing leading toward integration and balance with each aspect having equal importance and value. That when, that we do have that ability to make those connections, it is in our makeup, we know how to heal. That honestly, all the things that I have learned have just awakened within me that knowing, that truth that is already there. And that's all that I can even do in sharing this with you is awaken that awareness you have within yourself. You know where you are capable of going and you know how to get there and you know 
the best way to get there. So the tools that I share with you, some may resonate, some may not, because they may not be ones that are going to be aligned with your highest good or be part of your journey. And that is up for you to decide. But I just want to be able to create a space to put those in front of you in case those are tools that you could use and help you on your journey. As your mother said, maybe, as my mother said, you know, maybe shorten that time to get there for you or help on that way, on your way. So the takeaway again, those three actionable steps I'd like you to consider taking over the next week is first to visualize where you want to go. What does that look like for you on the other side of things where you're more healed, more connected, having these things integrated within you, more balanced. Visualize that with every part of you. And then take an, that second step, take an honest inventory of where you're at. Do that from a place of self-compassion and forgiveness and just be honest and sit in that um, and accept that so that you know how best to move forward and then take that step forward, that, set, that third step. Trust that you know how to do this and then take that step forward. I hope you will join me again as we cover these areas in the RISE theme of recovery, introspection, strengthen, and enlighten. I look forward to connecting with you on this journey of healing as we pursue perspective perspective and progression. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today. For more podcasts and information on events, visit pursuingperspective.org.